Hey, friends, before we jump into the podcast today, I do want to remind you that this is a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. They pay for the website, pay for the hosting, pay for the microphone, pay for the computer, pay for it all. So um, whether you're this church um, or, or any church, just be faithful to give and support your local church. Um, they're doing a lot of great things besides just keeping the light bulbs on and paying the pastors, although that stuff's important too. Um, if you don't have a church family and you're in our area, we would love for you to come join us, check us out, see if we might be the faith community that would be right for you. And if you're out of the Treasure Coast area, um, again, find a faith family, stick with them. It, it, they're not going to line up 100% with everything you believe, but if their core doctrine's right and they have a heart for Jesus, that goes a long, long way. Don't give up. You don't want to be doing this stuff alone. Um, it's disobedient to God to be trying to to walk the life of a believer outside of the family of God. So it's going to be hard to teach your kids obedience in your house um, if if you're walking in disobedience to Jesus. So with that little pep talk, let's roll. This is Less Parent on Purpose. It's your parenting podcast if you want to thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name is Jay Holland, and I'll be bringing 20 plus years of youth pastoring, parenting, foster care, mentoring, and uh, making a lot of mistakes along the way as we seek to learn and build some awesome kids. All right. Hey, guys. Today, I want to talk about one of the most important and, and unfortunately sometimes most under-addressed uh, under aspects of being a great parent, um, especially if you want to be a great parent over the long haul and have uh, stable kids who make lifelong good decisions. Um, you see, I love my kids. I really do. I love all of them um, all the time. No matter what they do, I still love them. Um, but also... My hope and prayer is that one day they leave my home. Uh, that's the plan for all of us. I hope they come back and visit. I hope they bring great grandkids for me to not raise but get to to play with a little bit and send away. But my kids are going to leave home. Um, at the same time, I love my wife, and God willing, she never leaves my house. Uh, God willing, uh, we get to you know, live into a nice, ripe old age, and just like at the end of the notebook – um, we'll crawl up in our nursing home together, hold hands and fall asleep and pass into eternity together. Or Jesus will come back or we'll both fall under a meteor at the same time. That would be the ideal way to go. Um, but in the meantime, I want my wife to be around far after my kids have left the house. And, and actually, this is the best thing that could possibly happen for my kids as well. Um, I remember one time being at a, at a church camp and uh, the the pastor was was teaching us. He Dane Emmerich. He was the dean of students at Liberty University for years. Um, did my marriage counseling. A really amazing guy. And he was teaching some of us who were there as adult leaders. And I remember him saying that the number one need of kids is to know that mom and dad love each other and that they're not going to get a divorce. And the number two need that they have is to know that mommy and daddy love them. And so I thought that was uh, pretty profound, and and I found it to actually be true. But unfortunately, kind of the way that life goes and the way that um, the way that parenting goes sometimes is is that doesn't take priority in the home. So, 
kind of a typical story, right? Uh, not necessarily my typical story, but just typical story of the way uh, relationships happen. Boy meets girl. They like each other at some point. They fall in love. They start progressing towards marriage. They get married. It's wonderful and happy except for that titanic clash of human beings who are trying to figure out how to be one flesh and have one bank account and one set of bills when they have two very different wills. Um, but still, it's fun. Like You can kind of pack up and, and leave or not even pack up. You can just be sitting on the couch and say, hey, you want to go somewhere? And you go. Um, you can go away for a weekend in a moment if you've got any money. And even if you don't have any money, you can go be poor together. And, it, and it's still fun and happy. And then you have kids. And kids are great. Kids are awesome. But all of a sudden, you notice that even if you're just going to your parents' house or your friend's house for the the evening, the amount of packing you have to do is the equivalent of what you used to have to pack for a week of camping. Um, the, amount, the amount of contingencies you have to go through is just so mind-numbing that a lot of times you don't go anywhere. Or if you do, you um, you just feel like a pack mule along the way, and it's not as enjoyable. And then more kids come, or maybe more kids don't come, but as your kids get older, you start feeling this incredible pressure. And number one, um, bills expand, so you have to work more. Um, and at the same time, you see all of these different things that your kids have to learn and, and be involved in. And there's this societal pressure that my kids need to be athletic achievers. Um, they need to be really musical. They need to be Einstein on top of it. And so parents just get their kids involved in so much different stuff that moms and dads end up becoming just the taxi drivers and the event planners for their kids. And and, and sadly, they do this out of love, but it, but it kind of takes hostage of the family. And uh, between work and between kids' schedules and all of that, um, a lot of times what happens is the relationship between the husband and wife can start to go by the wayside. Not that they don't love each other. It's just that there's, there's a different focus and the, the time together definitely goes down. Um, and, and some of this just cannot be avoided. But some of it just needs to be fought against um, because we know that the end of that story for way too many people is that uh, husband and wife, one of them or maybe both of them decide, well, I don't even really know this person anymore. They begin to drift apart. Um, sometimes they make it through until the kids have graduated. You know, sometimes they'll take one for the team and stay together till the kids have graduated. And then other times they don't even do that. Um, they just end it right there. And uh, the thought is, I am unhappy and I need to be happy. Um, and that's the overriding goal in life is to be happy. And, you know, if I'm not happy, I can't make my kids happy. And so the best thing I can do as a parent is divorce my spouse so that I can be happy, so that my kids can be happy. And what a, a train wreck of logic that is. But it's really common. And I know that some who are listening to it will we'll say that they've found themselves in that spot at some time or another. But look, whatever state you're in right now, it is what it is. You can't go back and fix it. Was there sin involved? Absolutely. There's sin involved in everything that we do. And, and some of our sin decisions have short-term consequences. Uh, some of our sin decisions have long-term consequences, and we live in the mess of them. But, but let's just talk to mom and dads right now. Um, looking forward from this spot. And uh, we need to just really acknowledge that homes where children are the center of the universe are homes where the marriage doesn't last. 
And the greatest stability that you can give your kids is the knowledge that mom and dad really love each other and that neither of them are going anywhere and they're not staying because of duty. They're certainly not staying for the sake of the kids. Like think of the tremendous pressure that that puts on a kid if if they know that mom and dad are sticking together because of them. That's 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 not good parenting. You stay together because you committed before God to stay together and you committed to that person to stay together. And, you know, one of the things that I think about is if I make this promise to my wife with the best intentions of my heart before God and everybody else, and in there I said some stuff about trials and and, and sorrow and sickness and sadness, um, and I committed that I'm going to stick through that. If, if I made that promise with all of the thought before it and I break that promise, um, how, how am I going to be trustworthy for any other promise that I give and how are my kids going to trust me? And these are just some of the consequences of broken marriages. And again, I'm not saying this from a, a condemnation standpoint. I'm saying it from a reality standpoint. This just is the way that it is. So knowing again that the greatest stability – that you can give your kids is the knowledge that mom and dad really love each other and are not going to get a divorce. Um, what are just some simple things that you can do to um, to enhance your marriage? Because if you want to be a better parent, you want to be a better spouse. The way to be a better parent is to be a better spouse, to make that husband-wife relationship, again, the, the center relationship in the home. Obviously, your relationship, maybe not obviously, but you know, I'm, as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus, I, sometimes I take it for granted that your relationship with Jesus is is primary. It's, and I don't even want to say that it's first because sometimes when you say that something's first, that means that once I deal with my relationship with Jesus, I can deal with my relationships with other people. But the truth is my relationship with Jesus goes into all of my other relationships. So your relationship with Jesus, your spiritual walk is preeminent. It's it's primary. And then in your home, your relationship with your spouse comes first and then your kids. Now, time-wise, I know it may not be that way time-wise, but intention-wise, the force of effort of love you want to put that first towards your spouse and then towards your kids. And your kids are going to complain. They're going to moan because they don't like it. Um, but they will be more stable in the long run. And you will be training them on how to be a good parent and, and how to have a good marriage in the long run. So here are just some some simple, practical suggestions for you to do along the way. Whatever state your marriage is in, don't be... Uh, be thankful, but don't be complacent. I was going to say don't be content, but I think there's a Bible verse against that. So be be thankful, but don't be complacent. Um, so here's some simple stuff that you can do. Number one, tell your spouse that you love them. Tell them often. Even tell them in front of the kids. You know, make a, make a point to tell them. I, I did a marriage conference. It was funny. I was I was in India one time and in found myself I was doing a pastor's conference there and a bunch of their wives were there and it was kind of neat because they many of those wives had never been outside their villages and they'd certainly never been to any of these conferences that their husbands got to go to once every three or four years so it was a big treat that the ministry had paid for the wives to come as well and uh, in the midst of it I just kind of felt led to do some husband wife stuff in there the really funny thing is, you know, these were marriages that were going to – some of them had lasted 
far longer, far, far longer than my little newlywed marriage ever had. And and I expressed to them, I said, I come from a culture that really messes up a lot of things in marriage. Um, and so in some ways, I feel like I can't even talk to you guys, but the Bible is true no matter what. And so I talked about um, from Ephesians 5 where it says for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And, and one of the things I told them was um, – Tell your wife that you love them. You know, one of the ways that you can show your your love to your wife is to tell your wife that you love them. And and you would have thought that I had had suggested that they that they start kissing and making out in public or something. It was so um, shocking and embarrassing to to so many of the families because in in India, committed husbands and wives don't really um, express their affection for one another. Very often, um, some do, but many, many don't. They're committed. They'll serve till they die. They'll stay with each other far beyond what we would. Um, but they don't express their affection. And so, when we talked about that, and I went back and showed from the Bible where it was, it was really funny. Like right after the, right after the, um, the, the conference part, we had a little tea time. Um, where they were serving chai tea out there and, and, and husbands and wives, all of a sudden it was like they were at prom. They were like taking pictures together. And I heard one uh, turn to the other and say, I love you. Don't tell the children I told you that <laughs> because he didn't want to lose face in his home. Um, but what I'm telling you, uh, you're not you're not in an Asian culture, okay? You're in America. Your, your kids need to hear it. Um, tell your wife, tell your husband that you love them. Tell them in front of the kids. And guess what? When your kid, when your spouse is not around, go on and on to your kids about how much you love your spouse, how awesome you think you are. Point out the good qualities of them. Build them up. Build them up. Build them up. Don't take that as an opportunity to dig and tear them down and, 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 and lift yourself up. If you will lift your spouse up, when, when your spouse is not around, when your kids are there, your kids will make sure that you're lifted up. Um, that's what you want to do. So you tell your spouse you love them. Number two, flirt with your spouse. You know, you used to flirt with them all the time. You were trying to win them. You were trying to, you know, you were trying to score points. Flirt with them again. Do it in front of the kids. Gross the kids out. I mean, like be appropriate with it, but um, flirt with them. Hug and kiss and, and cuddle with your spouse in front of your kids. Um, you know, when you when you come home, as best as you can, and again, this is all with grace because every situation is different, but, but as best as you can, when you come home, make the first person that you go to your spouse and give them a hug and give them a kiss and just say, it's, I'm so happy to see you. I love you. I'm so thankful for, for my marriage. I'm so thankful for you. You do this stuff. You are training your kids, and, and they might be pulling at your legs, or if they're teenagers, they might just be grossed out. Um, but you're doing an amazing service to your kids. Um, cuddle with your spouse, and if your kids try to wedge between you, then just throw them in the floor. Um, again, they'll they'll cry, they'll whine, you'll feel like a tyrant. You're doing a great thing. Um, put a date night on the calendar each week, and then walk in grace when it only happens once a month. But but you got to plan for it. It's not going to happen at all. Um, if you're poor. Pack some sandwiches and just go be outside away from from them together. Um, it may be if you're if you're it may not be a date night. Maybe your work schedules are such where it has to be coffee in the morning or you can sneak a lunch together, something like that. But be intentional about it. Make it a plan. Show your spouse 
that you're fighting for this, but then you both have to walk in grace because it's not going to happen all the time because just life gets in the way. Um, if you can't afford a babysitter, again, this is why you're involved in church. Find another family who um, has kids, who doesn't have family in the area, and make a trade. You know, I'll watch your kids one night um, a week, and then the next week, will you watch my kids? And then every other week, you got a date night, and every other week, you're serving another family. Or you might find an empty nester family, or, or look, I, I'm, I'm not offering my babysitting services on this podcast, but but I um, I know, like, we have four kids keeping somebody's kids is no big deal. It entertains our kids. So we can keep a couple of kids and it's not a big deal. And that was when, when my wife and I were young, I remember a family in Tennessee who had five kids and I felt so bad. Um, cause they were like, here, we're taking your kid. You're going on a date. And I felt so bad because they already had five kids and they're like, we won't even notice, you know, she's fine. And, and, and that it really is true. Oftentimes your kids are better for other people than they are for you and families with kids don't, it's not a big deal for them to babysit. So you got to humble yourself. You got to ask, um, if you can afford it, don't be a cheapskate, pay for babysitting, but that's an investment. Look, uh, you can save for your kid's college fund one day and, and that's awesome and you should, but don't do it at the sacrifice of your marriage today. Um, more than their college being paid for one day, they need a mom and dad to come home to. So just do that, you know, um, write notes to each other and put those notes in places where your spouse will get them, where it'll surprise them through the day, where, um, you know, just little encouraging things. I was thinking about you and I love you. Just do those little things that you, you know, work, you know, that you used to do, but you've just gotten out of the habit and maybe it feels awkward now. Well, get back in the habit. It'll be less awkward. Um, here's a fun one. Have sex with each other, have sex a lot with each other, with each other, um, starve yourself of any kind of, of eyeball attention on TV, on computers, on anything else. Put your eyes on your spouse and enjoy what God gave you. Um, and then another one is just be open with your need for one another. Guys are not super intuitive. Um, we like to be told what to do. Um, we don't like to be told what to do, but, but when it comes to our spouses, we actually do kind of like to be told what to do because we don't figure it all out. Um, so, let your spouse know. If you have a specific need, uh, let them know. You, you probably can't get away with like giving them 15 needs because that might crush their soul. But if there's one big one, let them know. Let them know in love. And then don't be resentful if they start doing it. Don't think, well, they're only doing it because I told them. Um, be happy about it because they love you enough where they're trying to change their habits and behaviors to please you. That should make you happy should make you bitter if you tell them and actually don't get bitter. All right. Just put that on your list. You're going to tend to get bitter, um, but don't get bitter. Don't let yourself get bitter. Pray with each other. Read your Bible together. Um, find a hobby together apart from the kids. And uh, as, as I get older, uh, hobbies are less and less physically active sometimes because just injuries mount up. But there's so many different things. That's Here's one of the things as well. You don't have to have everything in the world in common with your spouse. But surely in the list of all things that people do on earth, you can find something that you both like doing. So find that as a hobby and kind of work it together. In the midst of the kid years, it's going to be very, very limited. But be creative. You're smart. Um, and then in a dream world, here's a big one. In a dream world, if you can, aim to get away overnight with each other a few different times a year. 
Uh, if you aim for a few different times a year, maybe you can actually get it done once or twice a year. Um, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Uh, I actually I, – I have a credit card that I just use points for like regular bills. I pay it off all the time. And then I use the points that come from that um, for, for special trips to take my wife away, uh, away from the kids. I pawn off the kids on parents when, when they're home. I ask other people. Don't be afraid to ask, but then don't be afraid to serve other people so that they get a chance to do it too. That's the way the body of Christ works. We serve each other's needs. Um, and then finally, I would just say give grace to yourselves. Life is about seasons. There's going to be different times for all this stuff. It's not going to work all the time. So give yourself grace. Give your spouse the benefit of the doubt, but work on your marriage. It is the best parenting tip that I could possibly give you. Um, I pray you have fun with it, and I pray that your later years of marriage or your middle years of marriage, whatever's up to up up next, would be the happiest season of your life. Hey, well, that's it for today. I hope it was a blessing to you. And again, walk in grace, keep working on it. It'll get better and better and better. This is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. You can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. Um, you can also check out the blog for this and archive podcast at letsparentonpurpose.com. If this is a blessing to you, I ask you to share it with other people. Um, it's a free resource available. The church has provided for it. So let's let it be a blessing to many. And again, this is Jay Holland reminding you that this is a marathon and not a sprint. We'll talk to you later.